Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week we check on progress a month out from the Youth Commonwealth Games in Apia. There's a shake-up in the International Rugby League calendar and we catch up with Fiji and Samoa at the Netball World Cup. But first, Manu Samoa has named its 31-man Rugby World Cup squad. Officer Trevor Anus will captain the team, which features 18 forwards and 13 backs and includes the return of prop Lugavi Molipola and midfielder Ray Lilo. Local trio Jake Gray, Vavau Afimai and Patrick Fapale have made the cut, while the likes of flanker Fafili Lavave and outside backs Sonoti Sonoti, Paul Williams and Asi Tuala have missed out. Assistant coach Namala Ulu Alama Idemir says they feel like they've named the strongest squad possible. We've had a good build-up in terms of getting the, the right mix. Uh, obviously, we had the All Black test, and then the PNC was about getting some answers around some of the other positions. So we felt that we've, uh, we've achieved that, and so therefore we, we believe this is a pretty squ- uh, strong, uh, you know, Samoan squad to take to the World Cup. So you know, we're excited about the challenge now. So we're just having a bit of a breather before we get back together in Samoa. Yeah, you've obviously decided to name the squad, I guess, earlier than most. I don't know if any other countries actually named their squad yet. Was it? Simply a case of with the Nations Cup out the way, you'd seen everyone in their environment, you, you'd made the decisions and you might as well just name the team? Pretty much had a settled uh, sort of team in our heads and we, we wanted to get that out uh, early for us to, to start all our planning uh, issues as well. And not only that, just uh, obviously for others to actually get set into where they stand. So we're a little bit different to other countries. We, we have to be assembled in Samoa and, and prepare you know, away from where the players are based. So... And it's important that we get the planning sorted out and there's, there's a little bit more logistics to getting everybody together and that. So a little bit more certainty together is probably key for us and, um, and that's probably the reason why. And obviously there were some hard decisions that had to be made. You've gone with three local boys. You've brought back some people like Ray Lilo and Lugavi Mulipula who didn't feature in the Nations Cup and obviously some of your experienced players were rested to allow other guys to have an opportunity to try and press their claims. Um, some you know very experienced players have missed out too, the likes of Fafili Lavave, Sonoti Sonoti, Paul Williams, uh, Asi Tuala impressed in the Nations Cup, but obviously there has been a lot of competition for places, and the reality is I guess some people were going to miss out. That's exactly right, and um, and that's why the uh, the beauty of the competitions we had was really about people putting their hands up, and some players did and some players didn't. And unfortunately, in some cases, uh, we're a massive competition and uh, some players have actually missed out. We've had to pick the best players. So that's always going to be the tough calls that we have to make as coaches. But we're very well aware that uh, you know we've got a long three months ahead of us uh, and anything could happen. So you know, a lot of these players have been put on notice that they're only an injury away from actually um, getting called back in. And that was the whole point of having a, a, a wider training group earlier in the year from about 55 down to, to 31 was just to make sure that we um, we kept everyone in the loop in terms of how big the season is and anything can happen. 
And speaking of injuries, uh, obviously those players on the cusp could yet find themselves a part of a World Cup squad if somebody does fall over. But unfortunately for some players, as is always the case, injury has prevented their ability to be in the squad. The likes of David Lemmy, a former skipper, James Johnston, uh, Pile Kauli, obviously earlier in the year, Alapati Leua. Um, I was just wondering, Pile Kauli, he obviously featured in the Nations Cup. You've gone for just the two halfbacks there. Did his injury influence that decision, or was that always having two halfbacks? Was it something you guys were always comfortable with? Pile was, was featured heavily in our preparations. Obviously, he's, uh, he was our third halfback. We've factored that in in terms of not bringing another halfback in. We've got coverage within the squad anyway to, to cover for that position until Pele comes back so uh, we'll wait and see how his progression is uh, with his injury he uh, suffered an AC joint injury on the on the PNC uh, tours. Okay and uh, obviously now that the squad's been named uh, I assume you get back into camp pretty quickly you've got uh, a couple of warm-up fixtures uh, Barbarians at the end of this month and then Wasp before you actually get into it so uh, it's all about to get very busy. Yeah, it is, it is, and um, obviously, you know, the, the PNC had uh, has certain outcomes that we were after in terms of other, other players a chance, and then, you know, we rested 13 players from last year's uh, test team, so it's very important that we have those two games for the players that actually didn't play in the PNC, so that's going to be pretty important for us, and that starts next week when we assemble in Samoa. With the squad named, it's, you know, very much getting very close, very real. Obviously, the fans, and there's probably not many fans that are more passionate than the Manu Samoa fans are, uh, around the world, so uh, to actually be basically on the verge of going over there and getting this tournament underway must be a, an exciting period for you guys. We've been building up to this for, for a while now, so fans are excited and we're, we're definitely excited and, uh, and the players are excited, so now that we've narrowed the whole, uh, the whole focus down to the World Cup now, especially with the players in mind, um, now we can just uh, you know, go away and get into camp mode and, and really uh, start fine-tuning our game and, and fine-tuning the, the whole squad, so it's uh, really looking forward to it, and um, you know we've had a good year to date. But, uh, but obviously the big prize is at the end of the year, so we'll get away and uh, and do our work plan and sort out what needs to be sorted out. And uh, how do you cope with the expectations? Obviously, a lot of people hopeful or very optimistic, uh, maybe even expecting that you know this squad could make it at the very least to the quarterfinals, um, and and possibly further than that. I imagine that would be you know your goal or your minimum aim. Uh, how, how comfortable are you with the expectations on the squad? You know, you've got to always have those expectations and, uh, you know, we set high, high expectations amongst ourselves anyway, so we're pretty realistic of where we uh, we can hope to, to end up and uh, we'll certainly be prepared that way as well. So we've, we've got a, a pretty experienced squad um, going into this World Cup and that came down to, uh, I suppose, some really critical decisions in the end, getting the balance right of experience and, and form. So, you know, unfortunately, some people have missed out, but uh, like I said, it's a long season. We've got pretty high expectations and... We're just going to make sure that we go right and, uh, and leave no stone unturned So, in our preparation. That's the Manu Samoa assistant coach, Nemala Ulu Alama Idemia. The final venues are close to being signed off ahead of next month's Youth Commonwealth Games in Samoa. Apia Park was completed in time for last month's rugby test between Manu Samoa and the All Blacks, while the tennis and swimming facilities are also ready to go. The game's planning and delivery adviser, Moira Lassen, says the new squash courts are now close to completion too. The pool is, is ready. It's got, uh, it has water in it, and the Team Samoa has been using the outdoor warm-up pool for about a month for training, so that's great. It's a fantastic facility. All the other gyms are basically overlay. We have um, our archery field has some uh, renovations that had to be done, and that's now complete or just uh, being uh, completed. The one building was, um, the new build was squash, 
and that is getting signed off in on the 19th of August. But um, we're excited that it's it's happening, and World um, Squash our Federation are really excited about the build. So, is, is there a chance for that new venue, the Squash Court, to have some use prior to the start of the games? Yeah, so the the local uh, team will go in and some of the local technical officials will give it a shot and see what it's like. And everyone's had that ability here to sort of have the home field advantage. But what's the reason behind the delay? Just regular construction things. I think there was a, a delay in the um, in the floor and the glass uh, um, walls and, and doors coming in. They were they came in from uh, overseas. One, uh, I think, the floors came from North America, and the glass doors came from Scandinavia. That's a lot of shipping. That's a lot of uh, getting the movements happening overseas to get it over here. So, and uh, that would be the only reason. And uh, how about the expectation? Obviously, I think this, you know the the biggest sports event Samoa is probably hosted. Uh, obviously, uh, multiple countries from all around the world coming over here. So it's a it's a big task to pull off one of these sorts of events. Obviously, you had the Pacific Games eight years ago. Um, you know, what's the sort of feeling like with the anticipation of obviously having the world on your doorstep? Well, it is very exciting. And, and you're right, they did have the Pacific Games in 2007. But we also know that it was eight years ago, and there's been lots of change in multi-sport events uh, since then, uh, just in the whole sector. Um, so people, they know the bar has uh, risen for everyone. And this is, as you say, is truly global because the Commonwealth consists of 71 nations and we have uh, 68 coming. So we're really, really pleased about that. People are excited. Uh, people are excited. Some of the hotelers are coming back to us and saying that they're um, really pleased to be hosting, say, the Cayman Islands and, and that sort of thing. So they're, uh, people are excited that people are coming from all over the world. And what about obviously, you know, if you pull this off and it, it comes off well, I guess, you know, it's it, it shows that the Pacific can host these global events because we've got, I think, the Women's Under-20 Football World Cups in PNG next year. Obviously, they had the Pacific Games this year, and I, I guess it could be a chance if things go well that, you know, Commonwealth or, you know, major global events like this could come to the Pacific more often. The venues here are just stunning, and they should be used more. They definitely could host single sport events without a problem. They have the, the venues and the accommodations are all here. Um, uh, multi-sport uh, games, um, you know, larger than uh, the Commonwealth Youth Games or Pacific Games would be a bit more challenging, but I think, you know, they, they certainly have the infrastructure when it comes to venues. Um, yeah, I think uh, Samoa is well-placed to be um, a training uh, facility for teams going off to Olympics and such, doing warm weather training camps, which is done, uh, you know, uh, all over the world. People want to go away as teams and stage at a, at a, a warm weather place and then, and then go off to the Olympic Games. And uh, with a few weeks to go until everything kicks off, what are the main things that the organising team is focusing on now uh, prior to obviously everybody arriving? Well, making sure the uh, venues are, are ready to go. All the supplies are here. Sport equipment is here. Um, accreditation is always a big piece because um, you're dealing with um, all that many human beings on the other end of all that accreditation. So you have to make sure their information is correct and their names are all spelt right and things. So because um, it... it, it Especially for the age group of the uh, uh, person that's involved, you know, they're 14 to 18, so if there's a, a misspell on the name, they might feel slightly gutted, you know, so we don't want that to happen. We're being uh, particular about that kind of thing so that they feel a welcome. And just finally, I think the government allocated 2.5 million US uh, in the financial year for the host. How's the budgeting? 
budgeting is going well. We have some uh, sponsorship uh, revenues uh, coming in. Um, we have small revenues for the ticketing as well, but um, we're not uh, counting on that. We've kept the tickets very uh, reduced price so that uh, people from the uh, villages um, can come in on the bus and, and buy a ticket without being uh, too um, financially strapped for doing that. Yeah, the budget is sort of on target, so we're pleased. That's Moira Lassen from the Youth Commonwealth Games organising team in Apia. Pacific nations could be the beneficiary after confirmation the Anzac Rugby League test between Australia and New Zealand will be scrapped. A new National Rugby League television deal, which comes into effect in 2018, has spelt the end of the annual test, with the NRL saying there will now be a window for international games at the end of the season. There will, however, be a one-week break in the middle of the competition for State of Origin and the Pacific tests, which could open the door for a Kiwis team to play against an island country. The president of Cook Islands Rugby League, Charles Carlson, says the more games, the better. The Pacific Games that will help this year was actually a good opportunity for the Pacific teams to be playing at that level. Uh, these teams need uh, a uh, competition um, you know, at, at, at the level. I, I think um, given the opportunity to play against the Kiwis, I'm sure all the Pacific teams will be um, queuing up to have that game. And the, the other thought that was uh, discussed, uh, perhaps to match the origin, is uh, maybe a... Um, Putting a Pacific team uh, together to play against the, um, the Kiwis, I think that there'll be a, um, a big uh, draw card, you know, to rival the um, State of Origin games, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a big support for that idea as well. The Cook Islands have, uh, I guess, been the unlucky ones in the last couple of years where you've had to sort of watch on as the Pacific uh, Test uh, has, um, you know, been initiated and, and been quite successful. Yeah, we're un- unfortunate. Uh, we, we weren't part of the uh, the Pacific Cup. Uh, I mean, given the, the opportunity, we'll certainly like to to take it up. Uh, we, we got a good squad. We participated in in the World Cup, and we have proven that uh, we'll be uh, competitive uh, to match against these other other nations. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be standing by the opportunities given. We'll we'll like to to take that opportunity. Is there a, a prospect that um you know even if you're not a part of that Pacific Cup in the next you know couple of years or so is is there a prospect of finding other matches for the Cook Islands? I mean, how how challenging is that? If that's the case, we'll, we'll have to look at um, other con- uh, countries like uh, you know, perhaps um, Italy and uh, USA and other nations, and if, if it comes to that. Do you guys have regular conversations within that Asia Pacific Federation? Because I mean, obviously we've got you know two or three nations that. I guess are well inside the hut now, and, and they're getting quite a few matches. And you know, Samoa and Tonga have a relationship playing up in Hawaii, a couple of games as well now. And it, it kind of seems a little bit uneven with some teams getting more matches and some teams kind of missing out. Yeah, well, that's that's an issue that's been addressed at the International Rugby League Federation. I do know that uh, they're coming up with a um, a calendar for the next uh, leading up to the next uh, World Cup um, 2017 and beyond to World Cup uh, 2021. Once we have that calendar, then we'll be able to sort of try and, and uh, organise the fixtures. Fixtures, um, so everyone knows where they stand and where, where each game can be played. Uh, at, at the moment, we don't really have a schedule, which makes it uh, very difficult for for teams. Um, to, to try and organise their, uh, a big match at international level. And in terms of matches, obviously the big one on the horizon is you're meant to be playing Tonga in two months' time and what is effectively a knockout game with the winner qualifying for the 2017 World Cup. Obviously that date is getting uh, fast, uh, is fast approaching. Um, I understand uh, still very scant on the details in terms of you know what's actually going to happen there. 
working at hard on everybody because uh, you know we're we're looking at um, drawing on our professional um, uh, players from the NRL and and the Super League and and of course these guys uh, need uh, time. We need to make sure they get released from their clubs and um, time is running out. And, and I agree with that. And uh, we're just pressuring the um, Rugby League International Federation um, to try and get this finalised. So we know where we stand with the dates and the venues and, and um, get all our, all our squad confirmed for that game. That's the president of Cook Islands Rugby League, Charles Carlson. After a slow start, Fiji and Samoa have hit some form at the Netball World Cup. Samoa lost all three matches in the opening pool phase but notched their first win over Singapore on Tuesday. Goal attacker Juliana Naupu says they just want to get better. There's always a lot to improve on coming into competitions like this, but every day you've got to take in the positives and work on the negatives, trainings, and then come game time, just got to know what we've kind of learnt and watched over the last couple of games. Marcia's been doing a really good job and just rotating us. She wants to try and kind of rest all of us so that we get enough time to recover well and be able to put out what we can out on court. The Fiji Pearls were beaten by Wales and Uganda in their opening two matches but have bounced back with wins over Zambia and Sri Lanka. I spoke to coach Kate Carpenter ahead of their clash with Barbados. Really good to get some wins, I mean, because it just lifts us again. Um, probably today's win um, I thought was um, the better one, just just because of the way we played. And so managed to get everyone on, on court, but I thought our leg speed, our ball speed, our sharpness was was there um, and, and we were playing with confidence. So that was really encouraging going forward into the Barbados match. Yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, you had a couple of games against African opposition, then you come over to the Asian style, and I know a lot of the Pacific countries have played a lot of matches against Asian teams, you know, often going over to uh, Singapore, host a lot of tournaments. And I think you guys have been there in the past, maybe not in your time. Um, Samoa have, and, and here we are now, obviously the Caribbean, the Caribbean style, so it, uh, it all changes up again. Yeah, I think that's really important. Sure, I mean, Fiji was um, at the Nations Cup in uh, 2011 and won that successfully. Um, I think that's probably a, a key too, that on reflection, um, Fiji, we've been, we've been playing within our region most of the time. And so there is a change, obviously, when you get on a different region in the playing, and playing style. And if it's your first time on that, it's, and it does take some time to adjust and settle. So yes, again, um, back on, well, our first, uh, time playing the America style, although we did have a warm-up match against Jamaica, so hopefully some of the learning will come across into our match tomorrow. And uh, was today against Sri Lanka a bit of a chance to give some players an opportunity as well? Obviously, in the previous game, um, Tairama had the bulk of the shooting responsibilities, but today Una putting most of them uh, in the hoop there, so uh, obviously and throughout the quarter, a chance to give some players their chance on the global stage? Exactly, but also we just thought that against... Um, Against Sri Lanka, uh, the moving shooting circle um, would work better um, just because Sri Lanka are used to, or they like to play an aerial game, they like lifted ball, um, and so we, we thought that um, that combination, the, the shortness, sharpness, um, would work well and it did. It also just means that, yeah, everyone was on the match apart from Sarah who's just resting with, a, with an ankle niggle, so... Um, to get everyone confident up and to be able to decide who will be the best match-up for or the, the starting line uh, for tomorrow. And, and do you notice with those wins uh, under the belt, do you notice um, a lift in the girls in terms of just, I, I guess, just general sort of uh, mood? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're just all feeling better about ourselves. And when you start to get some confidence, and, and obviously everyone knows that 
um, confidence helps everyone play. So um, I think uh, that's we just look a little bit more relaxed out on court. Um, we're prepared to let the ball go a little bit better. And, and interesting enough today, particularly our turnover rate um, wasn't as high, particularly of, of basic um, errors. So, um, yeah, wins, wins are good. But, again, um, the way, I thought the way we won was good. But also, I, I guess, on the, on the last quarter against Zambia, that we were able to pull ahead and be quite comfortable in the end. That's the Fiji netball coach, Kate Carpenter. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.